Happy Tag Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And we are two average girls. We're glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here too. I just needed this. Did you? I kind of did. Why? You know when you're going through your day, it's almost like you and I talking is, it's better than just talking, like if I call you on the phone or we text each other. It's kind of like I get this kind of feeling of euphoria and rushing of fun. What? Yeah, like I like it a lot. It's almost like when I'm listening to a good podcast or a good TV show, it kind of relaxes me. But at the same time, I'm interactive. Sure. So it's like I get this, I get everything. I think it's my meaningful eye contact. (laughs) Just glad we're here together just to, you know, talk a little bit about murder. Mm. That always makes us so happy. We're talking is, true crime today. Which is really weird. We're weird. No, I don't think so. The amount of true crime podcasts, if you do a search in on that purple button, mm-hmm. it, it's endless. It's, it really is. I mean, and you and I have talked about this. We've had people comment like, I thought you guys were going to do more true crime or oh. why don't you do... I'm surprised you're not doing more true crime. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I've I, had I'll people, do true crime all day. But here's the thing though. You and I have talked about this. We're kind of... We we choose our true crime based on things that interest us. Yeah. And also, you and I have made mention that there's certain things we don't want to report on. Oh, that's the truth. I have listened to, I've just popped in on some true crime podcasts. I'm like, why would they choose this crime? It's, there's some, it's it's pretty black and white with me. me it too. just doesn't interest me or I'm absolutely passionate about it. I feel the same way. And for me, reporting on certain things, I'll listen to certain things, but when you go to a true crime podcast, that's their bread and butter. That's all they can talk about. So they're looking for every crime known to man. Right. And they can find it. Well, they're there. There's plenty. Yeah. There's never going to be a shortage. I don't think it's changed over the years. I think we just now have information so much at our fingertips right. that we can find it. But mm-hmm. if you're talking about children, oh, no. mm-hmm. for me, it's more, and I think I'm not alone. There's a lot of women and men, but a lot of women we know that love true crime they're into it why i don't know it's fascinating uh it's also like self-preservation i think i agree (laughs) i I, some of it is like listen i gotta know what's going on in the world right and other people are like i don't want to know i'm watching hallmark movies at night which is great i don't i'm not that person no when i sleep i make sure i know where my gun is (laughs) you know what i mean like i yeah i do i I I I always tell people don't don't sneak up on me. Mm-hmm. It won't end well for is, anybody. Is your husband one of the people that questions your motives as a true crime aficionado? No, he okay. doesn't. I mean, he's he has mentioned something, but mm-hmm. mostly it's other people. It's other women They're just that really? aren't into it at all. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I can't do, I couldn't sleep. And I'm right. like, that puts me to sleep every night. Exactly. I don't, I, I don't, but again, it depends on what the subject is. That's true. I have, I had a grandmother um, who was not approving of true crime of any sort. And I had two very different grandmothers. I had my little Italian grandmother who was the bomb. And then I had my other grandma. And she, I remember back, I was probably eight or nine. And my cousin and I were spending the night at her house in San Gabriel. And she, a neighbor came up and told us about some crime that had happened. And I was like, my eyes had to have been as big as saucers. And my grandmother put that woman in her place and was just like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in hearing about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And as we walked away, she's like, I don't want to talk about that 
type of thing. It's I think it's inappropriate. You know, that was kind yes. of her thing. Fast forward to I was like 16 years old and she came up to our house in Northern California to visit. And I was reading the biography, one of the many biographies of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and she was like, why would you ever read something like that? About Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. She was like, that's, that's not a good... Um, What's it called when you admire someone? Role model? Yes. She's like, that's not a good role model. And I'm like, that's not a role model. I'm not trying to look to her for Anything. dating advice. <laughs> Any advice or at all. Chemical prescription. <laughs> prescription usage. I'm leaving that to your daughter. But instead, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> that Your comment right now did not go unnoticed. So... I knew at a young age that there, that at least my grandma thought there was something wrong with me. But then as you get older, you run into like-minded people and you're like, oh, did you hear about the Menendez brothers? And they're right. like, oh, yes. You I know? think the sensationalism and the oh, the 48 hours, the 2020s, the John Stossels, the, you know, Keith Morrison, all of these people have made it like more like a story. As we as we break this case down, um, I brought this case to Anne's attention. It caught my attention right away. Okay, this is the story of the disappearance and subsequent death mm -hmm. of Suzanne Morphew. Her husband is Barry Morphew. They have two daughters. And at the time of this incident, they were living in Colorado. That's right. Their two daughters, one was in college and one was 16. They had been living in Indiana for most of their lives. They were high school sweethearts. They grew up in a small town in Alexandria in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And they were um, both very popular in high school. Well, if you take a look at them, you can see why. Exactly. I think that's probably <laughs> why this case, you know, resonated with me and everybody else. You like to look at good looking people. Oh, they're both and gorgeous. And you don't think that good-looking people are going to have this kind of thing happen to them. Well, and you don't, yeah, you don't think that they're going to get, and there's nothing bad's going to happen, and they're certainly in love. Look, they were high yeah. school sweethearts. They were high school sweethearts. Yeah. She was homecoming queen. Mm -hmm. He was on the baseball team, so he was a jock. Mm -hmm. And when you look at him, you kind of see baseball player in 100%. him when you look at him. And I don't mean to disparage anybody. You can, baseball players kind of have a look. No, it's a look. It's kind of a look. Mm -hmm. And it's a good look. It's mm -hmm. not a bad look. It's no. a good look. Um, but he was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. Right. And, but he had a knee injury. So that and ended the career. That ended the career. They both went pr to Purdue University. Come and they on. were, yeah. That's and they were married in 1994. Right. Um, he opened a landscaping business. And he ran that while Suzanne taught middle school. Mm -hmm. Then she later ended up quitting her job to raise her two daughters. Sure. And Barry was known as the breadwinner. Right. He was also known as somebody who was very domineering. Mm. And very matter of fact, okay. while running his business mm. and with people that he would come into contact with. Okay. You I know people like that. Well, I like matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Overbearing, I do not like at all. I took it more when I listened to different things and read about him. He almost seemed like there was an arrogance about him. I can see that. And when you hear him interviewed, and mm. he did a lot of interviews. He could not shut up. Just close your mouth. Yes. But he couldn't. So the family actually looked perfect they looked from great. the outside. Now, do you know? So they lived in Indiana mm -hmm. their entire lives. Mm -hmm. And then they moved to Colorado, outside of Salida, Colorado. And right. it's pretty remote. If you see pictures uh -huh. of the house, we'll I post did. some on Instagram. Um, sort of out there in the middle of nowhere. Do you know what prompted the move? I don't. Um, I do remember reading about it, but I don't remember what it was. Hmm. 
I don't remember. I do know that they'd only lived there since 2018. Well, and part of it, I don't know if this is the reason why, but one of their da- their older daughter was going to college, I think pretty close to that I area. I think you might be right. But, but I didn't know if that was the reason for the move or what. I think that what? that might have been it. Mm, okay. To me, that would be a little bit, I don't know. I'm not that parent that's going to pick up my life and move because my kid is away for temporarily for a few years unless they already needed a change. That's what I'm wondering. That's why I thought maybe you knew if there was another reason for their move. I hadn't heard that, but okay. when you said that, I, something sparked me saying that they might have moved because of the daughter. Okay. Okay. So that's a little bit about them. Fast forward to May 9th, 2020. This is when investigators say that Suzanne Morphew took her last selfie picture. That was on the afternoon. Um, it's the last piece of evidence that shows that she's still alive. So it's proof of life. She sent the picture to a man in Michigan that she was having an affair with. So that was May 9th. May 10th is Mother's Day. That's a Sunday. Suzanne is reported missing on that day. Barry claimed that she was asleep when he left. He got up early in the morning and had a job on a Sunday. On Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Just pointing out that that seems odd. His job was in a place called Broomfield, Colorado, which was still quite a ways away, but it was, you know, it's it was enough that he could drive there and drive back in one day. It was three hours away. It, one way? That was one way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty far. He said that he sent his wife a Happy Mother's Day text, but she didn't respond. When she didn't return any other texts or a phone call, Barry got concerned, called a neighbor, and said, hey, can you go over and check on Suzanne? The one thing that was interesting about that is not only was he gone on Mother's Day, but the girls were also gone on a camping trip. Yeah, that's weird to me. But the more I read about it, they were going to be back in that in the evening of Mother's Day and have dinner with, with mom. So the morning of Mother's Day, one of the daughters calls their father, Barry, mm-hmm. and says, I can't get a hold of mom. Mm-hmm. Because that's strange. You call your mom on Mother's Day. She's picking up first ring. She's going to answer the phone (laughs) unless you're a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Or unless, you know, she's at a spa or something. But they knew she was home alone. And that prompted them to say, Dad, something's wrong. So he got concerned. And he called the neighbors. Right. The neighbors went to the house. He had told the neighbors, look and see if her mountain bike is there. Right. If her mountain bike's not there... She might be on a ride. So he already gave her sort of an alibi, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. So the mountain bike was not there. Mountain bike's gone. Car's there. Car's there. Purse is there. Purse is there. Everything is there. Except the mountain bike. And her. Yeah, she's not there. And her helmet. Yeah. Oh, of course, the helmet, Mm -hmm. because she goes biking. All right. The next day, 100 people plus were involved in a search search party for uh, Suzanne. Over $100,000 was raised uh, to solve her disappearance. Any information on the disappearance. When the deputies arrive at the Morphew home, they found Suzanne's mountain bike in the nearby woods, but it had been like off the road. It was in a place where it shouldn't have been. Barry arrived home that evening. Of course, he had been on a work trip, but... He immediately started asking, would a mountain lion do that? Did, could that be? Did you see video of that of yes. him saying that? Yes. Is it a lion? Was it a lion? It was. First of all, she's new to mountain biking. Yeah, she's not an she's, expert. She's not an expert. No. Most likely. And, and maybe she had gone biking by herself. But a lot of times you're not going to go on any kind of hard terrain or technical bike rides 
by yourself. Never. So it sounded strange to me. On a Mother's Day morning, I could see, yeah, you might get up and go mountain bike riding. Yeah. By yourself just to have something to do, especially if nobody else is there. Right. But she goes out by herself. I thought that was a little strange. Mm -hmm. But the first speculation that he comes up with is maybe she got hurt. Maybe it, what she went off the road and maybe a mountain lion attacked yeah. her. Yeah, he had a whole scenario. There's no reason no. to think that a mountain lion... I mean, when I heard other people talking about this, yeah. they were like, what? well, that's odd. Really? <laughs> because like, it's just like, well, I was she was out there, maybe a wild boar got her. Like, you know, like it's just like, let's throw something out there yeah. and see if it sticks. Yeah. It, it seemed to be, and again... I'll just say this. I've never walked in the shoes of somebody who my significant other has gone missing or whatever. And we always criticize those people because they never respond the right way. I don't know what the right way is. I don't either. But this guy did not show it. It didn't seem right. You (laughs) talked about him talking so much. And I think he did like 30 to 40 different interviews. He did. Just in the first couple months. Which is weird, I think. It is weird. He starts talking with reporters and random people and sharing his theory. He talks to this one YouTuber by the name of Barry. um, No, by the name of Tyson Draper. Okay. Okay. Tyson starts talking to him and he secretly records him. Oh, no. If you want to go on to YouTube and look this up, okay. it's very awkward. But he starts talking about this and he just seems like he's too, he's too prepared. Oh. That's what I felt like. Like he's just too prepared for what he's, how he's going to, he's going to explain it all. Oh, good. Right? Like it just doesn't seem right. Ugh, Barry, dude. So he was, he was interviewed by police several times, but his story stays the same. And this is what he says. He says he comes home from work on May 9th, the day before she goes missing. They have a pleasant evening together. And I also heard that he told investigators that they were intimate that night. Yes, he did. He made a point of sharing that with anyone who would listen. So that's nice. He tells him that the last time that he sees his wife is that when he leaves, like you said, the next morning, he gets up early and he has his three-hour job uh, drive to this job. And she was asleep in the bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not, that uh, so far is fine with me. I get it. Because he left at something like four, he got up at something like 4.30 in the morning. It's like, don't, yes, I'm asleep. Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah don't bug Please me, right? Please don't wake yeah. me. Yeah. Go. Mm-hmm. Please be on your way. So they're in the process of confirming his alibi. Mm-hmm. And wait for it. Uh-oh. Drum roll. What's it going to be? Drum roll, please. There you go. They find a spy pen. Yeah, okay. Who, okay, Explain a spy pen. What's a spy pen? A spy pen is a pen that looks like a it's pen. a pen, but is used by spies. <laughs> oh, thanks. I feel a lot better. Let's move I, on. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a recording device. It literally has the ability to record sound, and I'm not sure if it can record video, but I think it within can. a room. Like if I had a spy pen in this room right yes. now, and I clicked it on, yes. then you'd be like, "Yes, whose spy pen was it? It was hers." Oh, so she was trying to catch him because he was a cheat. That's that's what it was believed. The pen was found just days after she went missing, and they found it in her closet. What? Yes, they were going through their house, yeah. searching it, and they found a spy pen. So obviously, investigators knew what to look for because yeah. it must not look just like a regular pen. I saw it. 
I don't remember. It's a I, big black pen. Uh-huh. It almost looks like a like a fancy fountain, like a Mont Blanc. Oh, oh. It almost looks like that. It's kind of a fat pen, but it's doesn't. It's not out of the ordinary. But they popped that thing open, and there was a USB port on the other side. Oh, yeah. They plugged that sucker in. So investigators found it, not knowing whose it was at first. That's right. But in, they found out later that she got the pen because she wanted to prove that he was having an affair. But it actually did the opposite. Oh. What it proved to investigators is when they pulled the SIM card out of the pen, they found a lot of things. Mm-mm. One was information and proof that Suzanne was one that was actually having the affair and had a boyfriend and a lover by the name of Jeff. Oh, good old Jeff. Yep. Now, I know his last name, but his last name at that time was not revealed. We don't need to talk about Jeff in that manner. Now they needed to find out if Jeff had something to do with the disappearance, okay? Mm -hmm. She had kept the the, um, affair so secret that she would only message him on WhatsApp, Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay. okay. LinkedIn, interesting. Twitter. Oh, geez. Like they had all of these things that they would go to different places so that no one would ever know. She did such a good job of keeping him a secret that it took investigators, which was the FBI, six months to figure out who he was. Well, good for her for being (laughs) so shady. If you're going to be shady, do it right. But also, and I don't know if you heard this or not, he um, found out immediately that she was missing and he kind of went underground. He went dark. Absolutely. He started deleting everything. I didn't realize they were using those like sub accounts mm-hmm. to communicate. I thought it was just texting and he was under the name Susan in her, in her. That no. could have been one of the things as well. But he literally went, he locked it down. He found out she was missing. Mm-hmm. He became, he never went to the authorities. And he was criticized for that because he should have probably gone to the authorities. He looked super suspicious. Yeah, but Be- he's a married man with six children. Six kids six. from Michigan. Six kids. Dude. So we know his last name. I'm not going to say don't his say last it. name. Don't because it. I don't think it really matters. No. I I feel, I don't know why I feel sad for him. Mm-hmm. But I do. Well, because he's a bit player in this whole thing in this whole tragedy he's just a side part but now not that listen i don't support affairs or shady behavior but his life is ruined that's right i guess he and suzanne had had a one-time fling after high school okay um decades had passed until suzanne reached out to him out of the blue in 2018 now she's moving 18 she's moving to colorado at the time he's in michigan she messaged him on facebook and the first thing she says is howdy stranger that's what she says to him and from that time forward investigators were able to see that they literally started talking almost nonstop. so she was he was picking up what she was laying down yep and there is record of their conversations on all the platforms once he was once he was contacted by the authorities he then literally started um, cooperating Mm -hmm. and he gave him all the passwords Mm. to iCloud and everything so that they could retrieve it yeah and that's when you had said that there was a picture snapped mm-hmm. of him, of her. of her. She had sent that to him on the Saturday yeah, the in ninth. the afternoon, afternoon, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So we know she was still alive at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on, on Saturday. Saturday. We know that. And we also know that she received a text message from Barry, her husband, saying, I'm on my way home. 
Right after that, kind Some, of two-ish. Yeah, right after that, in the middle of this kind of flirtation. Mm. As a matter of fact, Jeff and her have this like kind of sexual thing going on in their in their um, conversations. Okay, and he basically says, "You want to get naked." Mm. So I think they get on, and they used to like you know show each other their parts. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how that works uh, with that kind you. of stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to point it out. The obvious. Well, no, I don't. You may not know this. I don't know this. Were they uh, hooking up? They were hooking up a lot. As oh, a matter, in person? In person. As okay. a matter of fact, over the years, investigators found that when she was leaving, she would go and tell Barry that she was going to visit a friend in Florida or friends around. Mm. She had one friend in particular. And this friend also was the person who told investigators and shared conversations on her phone that Suzanne had sent to her from about their relationship and it did not paint the same picture that Barry painted about because when he was asked he was asked you know what's your relationship like with your wife that's the first thing that's going to come out of an investigator's mouth right you have a missing wife Mm. have you guys had any marital problems and he's like no no true love always I mean we've been high school sweethearts we were intimate last night so he's going through the whole everything it paints a different picture. Her sister and her friend yeah. both have text messages that reveal how she is feeling. They do not know about the boyfriend, though. I was just going to ask, did the friend know about no, Jeff? I don't believe so. No one knew, no about, one knew Jeff. about this. That is shady. That is shady. Girl. Their text messages were so blatantly sexual mm-hmm. and lovey-dovey. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were in love. Mm-mm. They were planning on marrying and moving away to a different country. What? He to has Ecuador. Si- That's he, what it says in the he messages. He has six kids. Yep. What yep. are you doing, Jeff? Yep. They. It says that they found Suzanne on several occasions that had gone on vacation to meet up with him in many different states, what? ranging from Louisiana to Florida. They also found intimate foes of, of each other and talk about marriage and moving away to run away out of the country to Ecuador. Okay, so that answers that question. They hooking up big time. Big time. Okay. Big time. And authorities said, why did you keep quiet? And he said? He said, because I have a family. Yeah. I have six kids. Yeah. And I don't want to lose my job. Well, sorry. I don't, I sorry, don't friend. Him. Do we know what happened to Jeff? I, I don't. D- I didn't do any research on poor old Jeff. I did actually because I know his last name. Mm-hmm. I felt like, like you said, he's a bystander. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't promote. Nobody should cheat. Nobody should do any of those things. That's I, it's not for me to judge. You can do whatever you want. I am not the person that needs to decide. But I'm just saying, this guy, I feel bad for him. If she... If she just continues living her life, if she doesn't end up missing and then dead somewhere, this whole thing never, he's good. He's safe. This is worst case scenario, aside from her just showing up on your doorstep and just like, I got This is Jeff. (laughs) I'm here. We're going to Ecuador. (laughs) Pack a bag. (laughs) Sorry, six kids. You got to not, you got to understand we've been having this affair. Yeah. Well, so the last known communication for her from anybody. They don't show any communication between her, her daughters, or her and Barry. Only Jeff, okay, on the day she, at the day we, with her when she went missing. As a matter of fact, it says the day before she went missing, Jeff and her had messaged each other 59 times. Oof. Okay? More than usual, authorities say. 
Well, because the hubby was like kind of gone, like he was at work. Yeah. So she was at home messaging her. She messaged only Jeff then on the day before. That's right. No one else heard from her. Yes, that's right. And the last, her husband, Barry, he texts her and says, "Um, did you leave? Because she says, I'm coming home. She doesn't respond to him. And his text message to her is, did you leave? Was he home at that point? No. Okay. No. Okay. But he gets home and investigators notice that his cell phone is pinging all around the house. Like all around the yard and all around like. Like the perimeter of the house. The perimeter of the house. But it's pinging like he's running around. They can see where he is by the the phone records. The DNA breadcrumbs. He seems to be running around the house. They wonder if this is when something might have happened. Was he chasing her? Mm -hmm. Okay. Investigators ask him to explain. And he says, well, let me think about that. I was probably walking around the house shooting chipmunks. And this is where this caught my eye, the chipmunk alibi. Oh, is it? That's it what they're be. calling it, the chipmunk alibi. First time in history. First time Anybody's ever, ever used a chipmunk sure. as their alibi. Sure. But he stated that there had become a problem in the yard for quite a while. Okay. And the story was actually a red flag to the investigators. Oh, really? Yes. It was so much so yeah. that investigators... It becomes incriminating because it seems crazy. Why? There's chipmunks, isn't there? I don't well, mean to side with good old Barry, but aren't there chipmunks out there in Colorado? I, I don't know. But nobody, it's almost like the Chad Daybell thing, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. When all of a sudden he texts his wife about, I had a raccoon in the backyard oh. and I had to bury it. So yeah. if you see something in the backyard, don't be, don't be alarmed. Yeah, if you see fresh dirt and a mound, it's not a it's human. A raccoon, it's a raccoon. It's not two children oh, yeah. that I've dismembered and now put into the ground. Sure. So that's where, when I heard that, I was like, did you learn nothing? I guess this is, he seems kind of, he seems kind of stupid though. Let's be honest. If you listen to him, it's, it's, I, first of all, I'm always suspicious of someone who's talking too much to the media. He was seeking out the media, talking way too much, had all kinds of explanations. The minute he, the reason we even know about the mountain lion suggestion from Barry is because of an officer's body cam who showed up finding the bike and there's the bike oh my gosh and then he starts in with the mountain lion theory and the cop is like well there's no blood (laughs) there's no ripped clothes there's There's no signs of a struggle there's just a bike leaning on the ravine there's not even like screech marks from the bike's back tires where then she eventually went head over her elbows out there into the no man's land none of that no it's almost as if someone drove a truck out there with her bike in the back and just tossed it out of the bed of the truck i wonder who would have done that i don't know anyway just speculating so in the meantime he's going through all this jeff's alibi is checking out okay so jeff was where he said he was Mm -hmm. and his wife and six kids are there to prove it when barry is told of the affair oh yeah what was his reaction he said he had no idea well he probably didn't i mean she was pretty good at being cagey the thing is if he didn't know what would be his motivation then to kill her? Because she was going to leave him. There was a text message found that was deleted. Mm-hmm. They only found this on Barry's phone after they went back and looked at the records. Because you can delete it, but not permanently, no, right? No, forensics. So anybody that wants to try to be cagey, mm. unless you're some kind of IT pro, mm. which you and I are not. No, no. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I can no. delete it, but it's going to be, it's, it's, it's there for life. I'm right? not even going to bother could, deleting it. I don't even, I don't either. <laughs> I don't care. But anyway, he, it was found on his phone and it says, this is what she had 
sent to him. Okay. I'm done. Uh-huh. I could care less what you're up to and have been for years. <gasps> we just need to figure this out civilly. So, okay. So he deleted that off his phone so that the authorities wouldn't see that. Either that or like it could be speculated that he didn't want his children to see it possibly if they no. looked at the phone. No. You're not looking at your dad's phone. You're not going through your mom and dad's old text messages. That's not what teenagers do. So the speculation to authorities as well as myself was maybe when he got this text message, he lost it. I think that's what happened. You know, he lost it and he knew that he was done. His daughters were out of town mm-hmm. on a camping trip. Mm-hmm. He, they, Authorities believe that Barry killed Suzanne. His phone goes on airplane mode for about eight and a half hours. And they believe that he was disposing of possible evidence at this time so when you're playing when you're playing when your phone is on airplane mode it can't be tracked it turns off the tracker Mm -hmm. okay i didn't realize that because i've never used airplane mode (laughs) not even on an airplane i guess but i mean what's the point of it well it goes on airplane mode for eight and a half hours that's a long time um yeah is he known to constantly put his phone on airplane mode Uh, that i don't know because it's like well mom has her phone on do not disturb i do that me too. Cameron has his phone on Do Not Disturb because it's he's t- he's night night for the night, whatever. He's taking a test. He's school. taking a test. Whatever. But airplane mode, airplane mode. I don't know. I don't remember hearing that he did that on a regular. But it kind of reminds me of the Idaho murders. Yes. When what's his name? The good yes, uh, Brian Koberger. Yeah. He all of a sudden is never puts his phone on airplane mode or it never goes off. dark. Yeah. And all of a sudden. At the time when they anticipated that all of this took place, his is off for yeah. like two hours or right. an hour and a half or whatever it right. was. It kind of reminded me of that. Yes. It's, I'm being shady and I don't want people yep. to know what I'm doing. Yep. So unable to track his cell phone, the authorities use a fairly new, and this is one of the reasons I love this case. What? They use a fairly new investigation technique called digital vehicle forensics. <gasps> I know. Oh, as someone who has a car that's just a giant computer, <laughs> you too, you I, know, it's like, that's exactly what that sounds like, right? They yep. take the, the the brain out of the car and they download it and go, where have you been? What have you been doing? That's right. But this is not, it's not a Tesla. This is a, this is a Ford truck. Yeah, but it's still modern, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the point. Everybody yeah. out there, <laughs> if you want to pull off the best crime ever, you better use something like... A 1985 Jetta. Toyota Corolla? Something like that. <laughs> Something with no footprint. You got to get a burner phone. Oh. You cannot do that. People. <laughs> I don't know how much 2020 and 48 hours you have to watch in order to be better at this. I, well, the minute I pull up in a Vega, <laughs> you're going to be if suspicious. The Pinto comes around the corner with oh. you in it. I am going to say, wow, what is she up to? I got to go warn Warren because he's <laughs> I got to make sure he's alive. He's next on the list. <laughs> Yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. But I get it. If you're, you don't think about your car narking you out. But that's exactly what his his truck did. What did they find on the truck's guts when they well, downloaded I think it? What is even? I think I wanted just to give a little shout out to the Burla Corporation, which is Burla? the company Burla B U R L A. Okay, they are the ones that created this software that they can upload all the information from these modern vehicles. Oh. And they get a story that does not match oh. what 
Barry has been telling authorities. Is Big Barry telling a tale? His his timeline's a little different than what actually happened. Okay, tell us. The data shows that his truck... So he says he told agents he went to bed around 8 p.m. Saturday night. Okay, wait. Saturday night? That that they had a lovely evening together. They were intimate. So somewhere (laughs) around like 6 o'clock. It's pretty early. It's still light outside. I don't know. It had to be dark. I don't know. It's 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 afternoon delight situation. Okay, so he goes. He two o'clock. He's not even home. Somewhere between the time he gets home, she's already told him she doesn't like him, but he's erased that. So anyway, he gets home. They have a lovely dinner together. They have they're intimate, and he's in bed by eight. Great snore fest, yeah. dude. You're not making yourself look great. Okay, you're in bed by eight. But okay. he had to get up early. He, he was going to get up. Early. He had to get up early. Um. But the data in his truck showed that he put his car in reverse. This is how intricate it gets. He put his car in reverse and moved 96 feet closer, no, 96 feet mm-hmm. closer to the house around 9.30 p.m. I thought he was in bed by 8. He was. Oh, okay. Yes, his car just magically backed itself up. Well, it's a smart car. It's only a Ford. Mm. It's not that smart. Shout out to Ford. <laughs> They're not underwriting us. So, good. <laughs> so at 9.30 that night, he said that he had set his alarm for 4.30 to get up and that he left at 5 a.m. to leave for the job site in Broomfield. Wait, 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 wait. He has no explanation as to the moving of the car? Well, I'm just telling you what he has told oh, everybody. Oh, he told them this I'm is telling what you, I yeah. did. Okay. So approximately, he had to go 150 miles from his home. He's, but however, the truck computer shows that the truck's doors were being opened and closed around 3.30 a.m. They can, they can, they can tell the story that they were opened and closed. How many times it happened? The rear right was opened at one o'clock. I mean, oh. up until three thirty in the morning, his car is being opened and shut, open and shut. Okay. It shows he actually headed to Bloomfield earlier than he claimed, but from four to eight, there is no activity reported on the vehicle's computer. From four to eight. So. After 3.30, they know, up to 3.30, they know. At between 4 and 8, they didn't. So why is the data missing? That was the big question. And according to the experts, that could happen because computers don't always work. <laughs> oh, that that's what the experts said? Yeah, I could have wow. told them that. I mean, I'm not an IT person, but I'm just saying. Don't, they don't always work. And they should, sometimes they can be overridden. Something could just glitch out for whatever no, reason. That happens. Whatever. But Barry explains this by saying that when he left his home, instead of, so he, he, he doesn't go in the direction that he tells them that they're going to go. He's going either. Okay. He makes, instead of making a right, he actually makes a left. Okay. And then he remembers, oh yeah, I forgot. I actually did make a left when I was leaving my house. Mm -hmm. He explains that instead of turning right, he made a left because he thought it was, and though it was dark, he had heard of elk. And, and being in that area to the left, mm-hmm. and he wanted to investigate it and get a closer look. This is important because although her bike was um, found on the road where she w- was expected to have ridden that day, her helmet was not. So they find her bike, mm-hmm. but her helmet's not with her. Okay. Or with the bike. Helmet's not with the bike. Helmet's not with the bike. So I guess she ran off. Because the mountain lion was chasing her. Sure, sure, sure. With yeah. her helmet on. With her helmet so that's on. Why. Yeah. But that put him in the area where the key piece of evidence was found. Just a mile up the road, her bike helmet was found. So it is believed that he was possibly ditching the bike helmet at that time. 
Oh, when he turned left instead of right. Mm-hmm. Does the truck show th- what time he did that little? Because there's nothing between four and eight. No. So that, that's the glitchy it's part. It's sometime between four and eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he turned left. So by turning left, he could have ditched the helmet. He could have, or he could have been looking for elk. Yeah. Like he said. He could have. He could have, but he's an avid hunter. So, okay. So then, yeah, he is an avid hunter, which is actually an important piece of information mm-hmm. because as the... Uh, investigators are going through the house they find her spy pen they find the information on there find a you know stuff here and there but nothing incriminating they take the the clothing out of the dryer and in that mass of clothing there's a little plastic cap what is this plastic cap it is a the cap to a trank gun tranquilizer gun for a big game small game deer elk antelope whatever they have up there maybe what what did you say he was searching for around the exterior of the house groundhogs oh chipmunks maybe some (laughs) chipmunks but this is this is kind of telling he there was a picture of his trophy room Uh and he also told authorities that he has those trank darts all over his house because he uses them constantly here's my sort of homemade home fashion trank gun which was weird did you see that thing i did it was crazy and what's even crazier is that he knew how to put the right kind of concoction yeah he was yeah. he was actually not just out shooting elk and deer which is fine and legal he would tranquilize an elk or a deer and then take their horns off Ugh. so he'd harvest their horns and then the deer is still alive it wakes up later and runs off without its horns are you kidding me that's a sick man that i i had to like re-listen to that a couple times because i didn't I, even know that was possible well, it is. Uh, you take your little bandsaw, your little handsaw out there, and you just j- 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 and take them off. Why would you do that? That's the question. Why would you do that? Because you can. It speaks to a narcissist, but it also speaks to someone who's willing to cross a line. This isn't even poaching, which poaching is hunting outside of the time frame in which it's legal to hunt a certain animal. This isn't poaching. This is rendering that animal helpless. So now that animal is just a victim of whoever's coming along of what other deer what other predator is coming along because now he has she has no horns he or she has no horns can you imagine what that feels like too that poor no. thing had to have been in so much pain afterwards I, and then you're just trotting back to your house with the what i don't know what are you doing i don't know it's gross it's so creepy so that in itself that freaked me out but then so then they were saying that this is a good this is a good sign that we found this cap mm-hmm. in the dryer because this could lead to the reason the reason why he was outside running around the perimeter of his house he might have been chasing her he might have shot her with a trank gun and then was able to bring her in outside of prying eyes not that there were many because they live out in the middle of nowhere and murder her in the house without it you know rendering her helpless there you go but the problem with that became he had those those tranquilizer needles all over the house how long had that been in the dryer they didn't know they didn't know and there was no dna found there there's no dna it was it had it was a load of wash the things that i find in my dryer i don't even it looks like a crime scene most of the time you're like what is this doing in here yeah i agree i didn't i i could see how investigators and even the prosecution would want to utilize that Mm -hmm. as okay here's here we go this could lead to this This is it but it really unless there's any dna i mean that the interesting thing about that is there was no dna found Mm -hmm. of his Mm -hmm. anywhere that they could 
because at the time that this all took place, she, she's missing. There's oh, no body. There's no body. There's no body. You know, there was even speculation that she could have run off. Well, and given the fact she was having an affair, maybe. But also, you see the pictures of her with those girls. And people around no her all way. said there's no way that she would have ever left her daughters. No. There's just no way. But the one thing that was interesting is they did find some DNA. And the DNA that they found was on Suzanne's glove box in her car. Okay. It was foreign DNA. It wasn't his and it wasn't It was hers. an unknown man's DNA, not okay. Barry's, and it did not match her lover, Jeff. It was DNA of an unnamed male that had attacked three other women, women in Arizona mm-hmm. and Chicago. Could this be the work of a serial killer is what they were trying to, the defense was arguing. And I think they were arguing that because it was partial DNA. It wasn't 100% DNA. So it was, it was a, enough markers that would lead you to this person who already had their name in CODIS, who was a felon, did all the, you know, had already committed crimes. So that popped up, but it wasn't 100%. It wasn't even 99%. No. So it's not enough to say whoever this unknown serial rapist but slash killer is. how did that partial get on her car? There's a million ways you can transfer DNA. I don't mean to, you know. I mean, could he have been a car wash guy? And he just was wiping something down. But they lived out in the middle of nowhere. It also might not be his. Yeah. It could be a mechanic who has the same DNA makeup as as Creepy Creeperton over there. It might be his brother. It could be a cousin he doesn't know he has. Thank True. you, DNA. You <laughs> just, you don't know 23andMe. <laughs> we who, don't want to know these people. No, and you, all of a sudden, they're showing up. Why? Why do I have to know you now? So, yeah, that is weird. But that was one of the things between that and the plastic cap. That was one of the things that that they were really going strong on like here's proof that he murdered her or that someone murdered her and it's like that's proof of nothing yeah it's proof of zero it's proof that you've got another person here in the mix so maybe barry didn't do it it's it's all it's all up to left up to conjecture so it makes it very difficult um to decide whether barry's guilty or not well let's go back to the timeline a little bit and the truck information because this is the part that, to me, is the most incriminating, at least in my opinion. His truck? Barry's truck? His truck. Okay. His truck is telling a different story than he's telling police. His police story was, I left at 5.30, at 5 o'clock in the morning. I got up at 4, 4.30. I left at 5. I turned right. Oh, no, I turned left. I wanted to see this. I drove to the job site. Right. Well, actually, at 8.10 a.m. on Mother's Day morning, the truck's computer started working again. At what time? 8.10. That's weird. I know. Okay, go on. Between four and eight, it hadn't worked. It's, a don- it's eight, down. It's down. Okay. At 8.10, they know that the computer starts working, and so did his cell phone. He flipped it off airplane mode? I don't know. Okay. Agents are able to see by cell phone and truck that the first stop he made was at Broom Hill Bus Stop, where he throws away in a trash can something, like a big bag. Uh, okay, a bag of trash. A it's bag a of trash. bus stop. But he's in Broomfield. Mm-hmm. So he's already traveled quite a ways. Yeah. He's oh. already, it's 150 miles away from his home. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. Approximately three hours, probably because the roads are, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he throws something away at a bus stop there. He then makes another stop along the way. He stops at McDonald's trash can and throws something else away. In the exterior, like in the mm-hmm. parking lot trash yes. cans? Then he stops at a men's warehouse parking lot. Oh. <laughs> yep. And then he goes back to the hotel where he's staying. Okay. He's now going to check into a hotel. Sure. And he dumps more trash in their can. Okay. 
There is a surveillance footage at all of these locations, and I've seen it. Of course. He told the agents that he was just being cheap. I was just going to say, these guys... He didn't want to pay dump fees to dispose of the stuff in the Mm -hmm. landfill on these job sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. That's plausible to me. See, that's not plausible to me. I work in a, I work in construction yeah. that is big. Like, I don't know what he's doing on these job sites. It's a three-hour job site. You're going on a Sunday. On a Mother's Day Sunday, it's huh. an emergency. you got to go there. <laughs> emergency lawn maintenance. I don't know what he's doing. Like, what are you doing? Even if you are, let's say you're framing a house. Let's say you're doing curb and gutter work. You're going to be dealing with stuff, pieces of project like, Two by fours, nails. You're going to have big, bulky stuff. That's not what he was doing. That's not what he was doing. He was more yard maintenance, shovels, rakes, uh, lawn clippings. That's what he was doing. He has doing. to be up on a Mother's Day to go do that? Like, I'm yeah. thinking he had, like, some kind of an emergency job situation no. where there was flooding and he had to, like, go fix something. I don't know exactly what the job was, but he wasn't, He, you're talking about big boy stuff. He wasn't at that level. I'm just saying... Why don't you just throw it away all in one dumpster? Because he's being shady. Because clo- her clothes are in one. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the point. Mm-hmm. The point is, when he's trying to say, I'm being a cheapo, yeah. you're being a shady guy. You're being a shady guy. You're just doing, you're doing it so that you, they can't discover it all in one place. No, they're not going to. It's gone now. Yeah. That's why he did it. He's such a creep. He's such a creep. I'm sorry, he's innocent until proven guilty. Yes, he is. This is just our opinion. After checking out the job site, he goes back to the hotel room and is there from 12.42 p.m. This is Mother's Day. 12.42. To 6 p.m. 6.03 p.m. Wait, he's in the hotel? Mm-hmm. He's probably sleeping because he's been awake all night disposing <laughs> of a body and stuff. Okay? Yeah. By then, he has talked to his oldest daughter, Mallory, and she has told him that they could not get in touch with the mother. He contacts his co-workers, telling them that there has been a family emergency mm-hmm. and that he will leave tools for them. And he arranges hotel rooms for the two of them. There's a man and a woman. That are his workers? That are his workers. Okay. Um, one of them is to take over his room. Okay. Okay. When the employee is interviewed after the fact, he told them a little factoid that seemed a little suspicious. He said that the room smelled heavily of chlorine. Is there a pool at the hotel? There is a pool at the hotel. Okay. Is now, the room anywhere near it? Supposedly the room is above the hotel, above the pool. Oh, okay. But I've heard conflicting rumors that yeah. the pool itself was not functioning. Ah. <laughs> okay, that it was not, it was not. It was out of service. It was out of service. Got it. Now, I, I've been around a lot of pools. Even a public pool, like at a big Marriott. Mm-hmm. When you walk outside, or you walk into the room next to it or the bathroom next to it, you'll smell it. Mm-hmm. If you're in the room above it, I'm sorry. You're not going to... And, and the odor was so much that the other co-worker came into the room as well to like see him, mm-hmm. see the other... Co- I think the worker's name was Jeff as well, but oh, I'm not so sure. So many Jeffs. So many Jeffs. But the other woman co-worker comes in there and she made a comment that this, the, the smell blew her away like it gave her a headache oh like it was so intense oh okay okay that's that's different also looked like the bed had not been slept in like it looked like he had laid on top of the bed which he could have fallen asleep on top of the bed and made it but it didn't look like he was there sleeping ever okay that's an interesting factoid it doesn't it doesn't mean anything 
It's just another piece of information. It's just another piece of information, either incriminating or not. Right. Who knows what that means? So just before 6 p.m., Barry starts to drive back to Salida and Barry speaks to sheriff deputies and they inform him that they have found her bike, Suzanne's bike. That's when they... So he goes right over there and he um, talks to them. The girls are home from the camping trip. Immediately, and I think it's within a day, he puts out a plea on the television through the FBI tip line, and he offers a $100,000 reward for mm-hmm. her, which was later increased to a $200,000 reward. Right. We got a $200,000 reward. Barry is being helpful, as we said, mm-hmm. and talking to anyone who will listen, even mm-hmm. people who don't want to listen, it seems. Um, Suzanne's brother, Andy, is tired of standing around and watching nothing happen, so he organizes uh, dozens of volunteers from around the country to start searching for his sister. No results. I mean, this this woman has disappeared. Yeah. It's really quite something. So fast forward then. That happened in May of 2020. That was COVID times. Yes. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to May of 2021 when our friend Barry is arrested. Mm-hmm. So the district attorney, Linda Stanley, you're going to want to remember her name because she's coming up later. She charged Barry with murder and the disappearance of his missing wife. She didn't reveal what evidence she had, but she promised the public there was enough to convict him. Oh, Linda's pretty confident. Yeah. All right, Linda, calm down. Um, After a year of preliminary hearings, pretrial court appearances, the date for trial is set. He's in jail. He's being held without bond. Yes. So he can't get out. There he is in his striped outfit. They decide they're going to start the trial in April of 2022. Nine days before they're supposed to be in court, they drop the charges against him. Yes. Drop it completely. Yes. Uh, The case is dismissed, and this is in quotes, without prejudice. Yes. Which I had to look up. Yes. That means that if... There is a time in the future where the case can go forward, where there's enough evidence to bring Barry back into court. It's almost as if they're starting with a new trial. There's nothing being held over. There's nothing from the previous accusations or charges that need to show up if you don't want them to. So it's like clean slate. Right. So I think that's probably, Double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. They don't want a double jeopardy situation. They don't want any of that. They want to be free to charge whoever needs to be charged in the event that it's Barry. So he gets out. I think it, it's worth stating that the daughters have always ma- maintained that their father is innocent. They have been by his side. And as soon as he got out of jail, they were there with him. Yep. They sure were. They still are. To yes. this day. Yes. The, I don't know what it would be like to lose both parents, especially losing one in such a horrible manner. But they uh, they have stood by him. They are very vocal and they're very upfront and present with him. There's no question that they support him. That's right. So then we're going to fast forward again to May of 2023, just this year, right? Big old Barry files a civil rights lawsuit against Chaffee County prosecutors, CBI employees, and the FBI for $15 million in damages. he's not messing. He's not messing. As a result of the defendant's conduct, Barry was charged, arrested, and prosecuted. His property was seized for a crime that he did not commit. This is according to the lawsuit. 
As a result of the defendant's conduct, Barry spent five months in jail, approximately six more months wearing a GPS ankle monitor with severe restrictions on his movement and almost a year defending against the criminal charges. To this date, Barry's property remains in the CCSD's possession. So he hasn't gotten his house back. That Ford truck's not coming back anytime soon. No. He probably doesn't want it. He needs to invest in an older car. <laughs> So that Barry can do his shady stuff. Uh, the lawsuit alleges Barry's name and reputation have been, quote, irreparably tarnished by in Colorado and all around the country, which is true. I mean, literally, you, I, I put myself in this position where, like, okay, if I didn't do this. Yeah. If he didn't do this. Yeah. he di- Let's just presume he didn't. Okay. Well, he's, listen, as far as we are concerned, according to our judicial system, he's innocent. He's like OJ. You have to, you can't blame OJ anymore. He got, he got (laughs) acquitted. He is not guilty. Okay. This is what I'm saying. I mean, that's, if you believe in the system, Mm. the system has to say that he's not guilty. Well, he hasn't been tried yet. So that's fine. That's just, I'm okay with that. If he's tried and, and he OJs that situation, then you know but we can you have different can't opinions. reverse this the the mm-hmm. court of public opinion no nope. now because of everything that is all the information all the sources of information between instagram and all social media and the news and all podcasters yep i mean there's every when we were doing our little investigating on this ourselves i could have chosen from a hundred different podcasts or yeah. you know blogs or yeah. posts about this case tons of stuff there's tons of stuff there's tons of stuff so we have to wait now the, just when you think that it's like oh barry's gonna walk free oh barry's gonna get his 15 million blah blah, blah. he might and all of that might be true however mm. some cold justice as of september 22nd of this year the colorado bureau of investigation announced that it found suzanne's remains in the area of moffitt it's outside of a little city called moffitt a county that I cannot pronounce there in Colorado. <laughs> we can't pronounce it. We don't want to, you know. We don't want to insult anybody. No. And, no, there's no need to. Anyway, outside of Moffitt. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing was investigators were out there looking for another body, another missing person. Yes. One of the investigators that I was listening to said something interesting about that, about her being found in a shallow grave, that those words were not used on accident, that it's, there's a difference between finding a body that's been dumped and finding a body in a shallow grave. So that means that there was effort made to hide her. Even though it was shallow, it could have been six inches, whatever. You're out there in the desert. It's that funky desert that's got grass sometimes, and then there's a weird tree that pops up. And it's kind of hilly, but not really, and kind of rocky and, you know, whatever. It's like you couldn't find anything out there in a million years if you had to. But these investigators came across a body thinking that it was the woman that they were actually looking for. They sent the uh, remains in for DNA, and actually there was enough of her teeth that dental records were dental records had been pulled from the time she was missing and had not been put away so to speak Mm -hmm. i was listening to a podcast i can't name which one it is because there were so many that i was listening to so the dental records had been pulled how in 2020 in case they found her so that that takes a little while sometimes to get that done they had never been returned or put away so as soon as they found these remains in colorado hers her dental records were front and center to be tested and that's why they were able Mm. to get back so quickly and say this is definitely her now the bones are scattered 
because that's sort of what happens out there in the desert with little animals and stuff like that. But one other interesting thing that they said was there was no no sign of any clothing that would have been on her. Mm. It was all just bone at this mm. point. But her hyoid, hyoid bone, hmm. this bone right here where someone is choking you, oh. it's usually the first one to crack. And it was? It was not cracked. Oh, and it was still in perfect condition, which investigators say that means nothing. It's just interesting that that is the first bone to disintegrate when you have a body that's exposed like that. And it was in, it was intact. Don't know what that means. I just I thought I'd let you know. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, there if there was any kind of foul play, mm-hmm. they still have the bones. Mm. It will have been seeped into the... Oh, they uh, can tell. They can tell. If she was hit with something like a tranquilizer gun, uh-huh. that will they'll be able to tell. Hopefully. Hopefully they'll be able to tell. I'm so hoping that there was some justice there that she stayed intact enough yep. that the story will be told by the DNA. I hope so. I hope so. The poor baby. Out there in the middle of nowhere. Now this then, let's wrap this back around to the truck. Mm-hmm. That truck was nowhere near that area. It's 50 minutes southeast of Salida, Colorado, and they lived just outside of Salida. So it's one hour, basically. 45 miles is what they were saying. The four hours that the truck is not... Is off. Is off. Yeah. There's about an hour that's unaccounted for, if from if I remember right. Because from four to eight, the thing, the last time they remember they have anything that I remember seeing is 3.30 in the morning. From the truck? From the truck. When he backed it up 96. That was prior to that. But <laughs> okay. It, it opened and closed like yes. a whole bunch of times. But 3.30 is the last time they have any kind of record of something going on with that truck. Okay. From four to eight, it's done. Salida is about 150 miles away from the job site in Bloomfield. Yeah. If he had, could he have used another vehicle for some reason to drive the body somewhere else? Well, she had a SUV, which was fairly new. It wasn't an old one. They could do the same little print imprinting thing mm-hmm. on that as well. Mm-hmm. You, I guess you'd know unless there's some... Motorcycle? You got a body though with you. But do you? He just threw away a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But Did he well, dismember it? No, the body was in... There's no sign that she had been dismembered. Okay. With the bones the way they were. Even though they were kind of scattered a little bit, there was no sign that the, something had been chopped off in an unnatural manner so yeah that's an interesting thought but my other thought is is there a second person involved well that's what i'm wondering could there be a number two could there be a girlfriend oh i mean she suspected for a long time that he was having an affair that's why she got the pen and that pen was found one of the recordings that they had in there that had they had a voice recording on it the pen was in the trunk of their car. Okay. And it was literally them arguing in the car. Oh. They could hear imagine? their argument. Oh. So there was trouble in paradise and they had proof of it. They also, investigators recovered documents from Suzanne's iCloud account as part of evidence. Mm-hmm. One of those documents was listed, was a list that Suzanne made on May 8th, 2020. May 8th, 2020. It's a list. Okay, go on. What day did she go missing? The... 10th the 9th the 9th is when she was on right. may 8 2020 and it entitled grievances uh-oh it included notes like wedding ring 
which Barry allegedly took and melted at some point. Her wedding ring or his? I'm not sure. It's his. She also noted women on Facebook, which Barry told her was good for, for business. Oh, sure. As well as an incident in Mexico where Barry tried to take her phone away and look at it. I mean, we're talking junior high, right? Oh, like, just. On the morning of May 6, 2020, Suzanne sent Barry a firm text that indicated she wanted to end the relationship. The text was found in Barry's cachet indicating it had been deleted. And it read, like we said, I'm done. I could care less what you're up to and have been for years. We just need to figure this out civilly. Mm-hmm. Barry re- react, Barry's reaction involved threats of suicide. Oh, come on, okay? dude. When I'm dead, which won't be long, oh, this yeah. is in quotes, okay. you guys will be taken care of. I'm going to see my savior. Okay. Bro... On the morning of May 9th, a day before Suzanne was reported missing, 59 communications were exchanged between Suzanne and the man who is apparently her boyfriend. All of those things, it paints a picture Mm -hmm. that is the opposite of what Barry is trying to serve, which makes it very... Let's say he didn't kill her. Why isn't he being honest? That's, That's the thing. That's a red flag. Is it a red flag or is his narcissistic, egotistical... I'm the perfect guy. I mean, number one, there's a lot of talk when you listen and you you read different things. There's a lot of talk of him talking about scriptures and being a good Christian and doing all these things. You know, one of my pet peeves Mm. is people who use religion to do as powerful, to be powerful or to, you know, to try to make others look like they're superior to them. Mm -hmm. And he kind of was using religion over her head. Great. Which, again, when you try to use religion as an authoritative way of controlling somebody. You're out. That makes, that's like an oxymoron. No, it's not happening. That's not what Christ does. Mm. He doesn't, he don't play that way. No. Like, that's the opposite of being Christian. Can you imagine, though, if you're such a narcissist and you're like, no, our marriage is perfect. Everything's great. You know, we were having a good time, blah, blah, blah. Let's say he didn't murder her and he's such a narcissist that it just looks like he did. Well, and that could be the case. I mean, you think about the things that we have talked about and all the incriminating evidence that he has basically made it made for himself. He's Mm. made this bed Mm. that he's lying in that isn't great. No. He's lied about different circumstances. Well, it could be explained that maybe he just forgot the timeline. Like he wasn't thinking about the timeline. I don't know about you, but I know my time. I have my phone with me. I'm looking at it every 15 minutes. Mm. I'm on a schedule. I have to go to a job site. I have to be up at 4.30. I didn't wake up at 4.30. I woke up at 4 because I couldn't sleep because I was worried about my alarm going off. That would be more realistic to say. But he doesn't say any of those things. No, and it does make you wonder, is he just like a socially weird guy? Like, is he just a guy that that talks that way? He doesn't look... He doesn't look any... I don't think so. But again... Who knows? We don't know this guy. We don't know him. And again, all of this is circumstantial That's until the body was found. It's still circumstantial, though. I mean, it, we've got a body, so we know she was murdered. How she was murdered, we don't know. We've got that extra DNA now thrown into the mix. Who knows? Well, ironically, if her body wasn't found, it would have probably, I mean, we would just be, they could still say she just went off and left. Yeah. They could just literally say, they could. or she was taken by somebody and... We don't know. Who knows? 
But now at least there's some little close to the story, at least for the family. Her poor brother. Her brother is just like a warrior. He's out there just gunning for the truth for her and what really happened to her. And they had a little memorial for her once the body body was found. And I mean, all of that. It's like there are entire families that have been torn apart by this. And, you know, whoever did it, do you think Barry did it? What do you think? At the end of the day, who do you think did it? You know, my my theory would be he did it only Mm. because 90% of the time or I mean, it's the percentage is super high on when somebody is involved in a domestic dispute it's usually the significant other right and it's always i mean and then you go to the next level of it which is let's say it's not your significant other they usually know the person it's very rarely a stranger it's very especially out there no on a mother's day yeah on a day that just none of it makes sense to me right make it make sense barry Please make it make sense. I mean, and you you think like, well, I don't have to make it make sense. This is just how it is. Well, you actually do. You do. You have a wife that's missing. Now you have a wife that's dead. We know that. Mm -hmm. You've got two girls Mm -hmm. that you have now put through the ringer Mm -hmm. because you're not being honest. These poor things have to back him up. They don't have a choice. They don't have any other parents. They they don't want to believe their father's a murderer. No, you don't want to believe that. If you go down that road... How terrible is that? There's a little piece, though, in both of their minds that wonders. You, ha- There's just no way you couldn't. <laughs> but those poor girls and their friends and everybody, their life will never, ever, ever, ever be the same. Nope. And tragically, this poor woman, this beautiful woman who was so unhappy that she was looking elsewhere in her marriage, mm-hmm. but wouldn't leave her daughters, right. is now no longer here. Yeah. It's very sad. It's sad. But I don't know. It's up to you guys. You guys make your just you make a choice, Barry or somebody else. I always say, if it looks like a duck, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's yeah. always the most obvious answer. And these stories that go on and on and on. I was doing that. I was in bed. I was. The, his story doesn't match up with what all of the other breadcrumbs say. The car is ratting you out. Your own truck. Your own phone are ratting you out throwing and the stuff away at from throwing, one dumpster to the next it's weird it is weird whether or not it's nefarious it's still weird and we've established this guy is willing to cross a line he's willing to break the law like it doesn't apply to him i think he was having an affair i don't i oh, think, I think that there's she, multiples i think that she was on to it yes. i think she knew that there was something going on yes i think that there's no you know as a woman when things aren't right she knew it but then again, she was having an affair too. And sometimes when you're doing the wrong thing, you think everybody around you is also doing the wrong thing. Maybe, but I, I'm i going to guess that that's one of the reasons they left Indiana. I have no proof. I think it was like fresh start. You're going to stop your wily ways and we're going to go to this new place and start again. And then it didn't work out that way at all. He's still the same guy. She was still married to the same guy. So she didn't she, make reference of that in any of those... She, notes or there anything. is no reference at all as to them moving and fresh starting i'm completely like Conjuring, making yeah. that up i'm conjuring that for sure but just given the fact that he was playing around not you know maybe that's one way to let's just end here and start again and it didn't last long because she was on she was all over jeff immediately yeah there's again we don't know i just hope that there's justice for suzanne i do too 
I want her her legacy not to be this we don't know what happened no it's very unsatisfying that's the part of true crime that i don't like I is hate it. when you're not oh yeah you said that mm-hmm. uh, the unsolved mysteries is is not great but also when you've got something like this that's like it it has to be something big it can't just be it can't just be something stupid it has to be he did it or somebody s- did it a serial killer or something you we know? know that it's not a mountain lion <laughs> that's what we do we know there's a few things we know for sure yeah it's definitely not a mountain lion it wasn't a lion he didn't bury her in a shallow grave he d- he didn't dig with his little paws no and stick her in there the case is not co- closed and i think colorado is one of those states that does not close cold cases mm. so there's people all- who will be working on it until they find an answer or until nothing can be found at all and it just continues on well i sure hope that if he didn't do it mm man oh, if he didn't do it we will come on this podcast and say sorry barry well if he didn't do it i mean i want to know how he didn't do it oh, right <laughs> exactly like, prove you didn't do it barry i mean because everyone thinks you did you're, you're innocent until proven guilty but prove that you're innocent yeah yes i agree i mean and again sometimes things just don't make sense and there are circumstances that make you look bad out of your control that's true. But the stuff that's in his control, he made himself look bad. Absolutely correct. Bad. He did. Yeah. Barry. Barry. Calm down. Why don't you watch 2020 every so often just so you know what not to do? How do you not know? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. That's it. Are we done? We are. Did we wrap it up? I think we did. Okay. This has been Two Average Girls. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. It's a party over there. We're having a good time. We appreciate you listening Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Fries.